Hello and welcome to the Business of Data podcast. My name is Catherine King and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we chat to senior executives from a range of departments, industries and functions, all about their passions, experiences and challenges within data analytics. Let's go ahead and dive straight into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Business of Data podcast. This week, we're talking all about being customer-driven, specifically how to ensure your organization is being data-driven and customer-centric at the same time. Now, to talk about just that, I have invited Brian Stewart, who's the Global Head of Customer Insights, Web Experience, and Analytics from AXA Investment Managers to join me today. If you haven't had the pleasure of meeting Brian in the past, just a few intro facts to get you up to speed. So Brian's been with AXA Investment Managers since June 2017 and has been their global head of customer insight, web experience and analytics since June 2020. Prior to AXA, however, uh, Brian has worked within a number of well-known brands like British Gas, but has also worked as an independent consultant as well. Now, if you can't find Brian at his work desk, your best bet would be to head to the local park where you'll most likely find him walking his dog and spending time with his young family. Welcome to the podcast, Brian. Thanks very much for having me. Absolute pleasure. Now, as I mean, it's it's no surprise to anyone that knows me fairly well. I absolutely love dogs. So I'm going to have to ask, what breed of dog do you have? He's a black lab called Dax. Um, which was the character for those of you who are Trekkies from Deep Space Nine. <laughs> I love that. Oh, wonderful. I bet uh, he's trying to find somewhere shady because we're recording on a very hot day today, I must admit, here in the UK. Yes, he is. He's in the house. <laughs> Best place Asleep. to be. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Brent, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you today all about the customer. I think uh, I've, I've made note of it in several previous podcast episodes that the customer and data are becoming so, so close now. And I think it's really interesting to have you on the podcast as someone who very much encapsulates that. So let's let's set a scene. Where would you say you are on the customer data maturity uh, scale in terms of other industries? That's a, it's a really good question. I think... Um... You know, again, this is my personal view, having worked, as you mentioned, with British Gas. I also worked with T-Mobile and Dell, who are, you know, more B2C uh, type organizations. I think the asset management industry has some some way to go. I think um, traditionally, you know, they've looked at, we've looked at numbers more from inflow, maybe not paid enough attention to the customer behavioral data. Um, I think that now is changing. And that was one of the reasons why it's brought into um investment managers was to really start to leverage that um, data that we have in our CRM uh, that we collect through emails that we collect you know through the web etc and really start to understand not just what they're buying but why they are buying what what are their interests and um, so that we can really start to you know it's a bit of a cliche deliver the right message at the right time you know through the right channel and, and it is um, something I think that is accelerating within the business, within, within the industry, because now there is an importance, you know, we're, we're working in a very competitive uh, arena. And I think people are now really starting to understand the importance of cus this customer data and how their habits are changing, because they are probably changing, their interests are probably changing much faster than, than the industry can change traditionally. Yeah. So it's um, leading to a transformation within our industry to become more agile 
and, and to really start to try and preempt what people, the things that people want to invest in, um, what is happening with them. So there's a big push, you know, at the, mo at the moment in, in relation to uh, ESG and uh, responsible investing and so forth. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. uh, we need to be able to, to identify that early so that we're, we're not kind of seen as laggards, but we are actually industry leading. Uh, in this field and getting out there and showing our credentials and so forth. So, you know, there was the old adage again, which was used many years ago that data is the new oil, um, which it certainly is. But I, I read recently a great uh, article where someone said data is the new plastic um, because it's never going to go away. It's, mm. never, it's always going to be there. Um, so for, from us, it's, it's been a, a journey, a journey that we are still on. You know, it's about getting all our systems in place, getting all the foundations in place. Yeah. From my perspective and from my team's perspective, you know, it's getting the, the right skill set in, not just to be a, you know, a data scientist or whatever you want to call it, but actually someone who can really extract the insight out um, to, to deliver back to the business. Absolutely. I mean, I've never heard of uh, that before, of calling it the new plastic. Obviously, the, the data being the new oil, I've heard uh, uh, many times over. But plus, it's such a great analogy, actually, because as you say, you're, you're wanting to use this customer data in a deeper level. And it draws a comparison, right, with single use plastic. You don't want to just use a plastic bag and then for that to go in a landfill. Same with data, right? You don't want to just use that for whatever one reason and then cast it aside. You can use that for so many more purposes, reuse, reuse reduce recycle with the data as well and make sure that it's as uh doing as much as it can as as a raw material right absolutely and it's something you know data keeps on growing so i i remember in a previous role when when we were getting into um data lakes and things like that mm -hmm. it was about the interconnection of all the different data points and they were very much seen as islands and it's now really about connecting all those islands together to give you this you know, much bigger and more holistic view of the customer. So yes, the data is constantly being reused, but other things are being added to it on an ongoing basis because it's, you know, people change, you know, we, we, we're, we're not just static. Um, yeah. Everything changes and we need to ensure that we understand that change. And all the more data you can get and the more, you know, you can use um, the better service and the better experience you're going to give to your customers right and it's key then that you act on that data and that to, to keep our customers as i mentioned you know people over the last 15 months um we haven't been able to go out um we haven't been able to interact face to face mm -hmm. so the channel for me it's, it, and for for the business being um uh, digital so you know we've been able to um collect an awful lot of information and data which we never had pre-pandemic or that we were yeah you know, we were um, new in that field um, around how people are interacting with our brand online, whether that be through um, webinars, through online events, through our website, through a fund center and so forth. So, you know, it, it's really the role of customer data and customer behavioral data. I like to differentiate between the two mm -hmm. more and more in importance so that you can, um, you know, connect it to other data sources as well. 100%, 100%. So I want to I revisit something you, you mentioned earlier about the different innovations that you're uh, working on with your customer data use, because I know you've done a, a fair few different projects, and I wonder if you could talk us through uh, a bit more about those. Sure. Um, so, you know, 
as I mentioned at the beginning, it was around building the foundations, and that foundation really starts with our CRM. And um, so we've done an awful lot of work with the CRM team and, and technology to to get as much data, clean data into, into our, our CRM system. But then more importantly, it's about bringing in new tools. So when I first started, we had four different uh, email platforms that we were using. Some oh, okay. were to collect data, some were not able to collect data, <laughs> and some were in silos and so forth. So there was a lot of confusion around, you know, what tool are we going to use, different markets were using different tools, no one had the data centrally. So we got, we're getting rid of all of those, we've brought in one tool which is now being integrated into our CRM system. For many of your listeners, I'm sure this is basic fundamentals. But, you know, again, as I mentioned earlier at the start, you know, we're on this journey uh, in relation to um, uh, customer data. 100%. So innovative. And now we're also now, we've just um, changed our CMS, our content management system, uh, which is a big project that we're doing as part of our digital transformation. We're now connecting our um, marketing automation tools to our CRM system, uh, to our CMS, um, to enable us to get more data, have a better experience um, in uh, overall effectively. I think also the pandemic has also accelerated our need for virtual um, events. Um, in our industry, we spend quite a lot of our budget on face-to-face -face events because yeah. where a lot of um, our interactions take place. Um, and we needed to ensure that it wasn't a silo so that we could again integrate it into our existing tools. Um, but at the same time, not forgetting that we want to have an enhanced experience for our customers all the way through from, you know, sending invites all the way through to sending replays and then being able to automatically have that data available on our website for people who couldn't attend because we deal globally. Mm -hmm. a, um, an event in Europe you know, our colleagues and friends in, in Asia, it's the middle of the night or, uh, or whatever. So they're yeah. going to be replays and vice versa. So, um, you know, it, it's accelerated that digital transformation um, quite swiftly. It was going to come. Yeah. It did was, it's just going to come. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, just kind of put us all under a little bit of pressure time-wise. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's kind of, you know, started that people thinking about what else can we do to leverage this data asset? What else can we do to feed our CRM systems um, and to really understand, you know, what is driving our customer? Absolutely. And it's that customer understanding that is just so vital and especially in such a frantic time that we have been within for the for the last 18 months or so and just the, the stress of it. And as you say, the change in customers as well as to what they want and what they expect as well. I mean, you know, previous to the pandemic, they may not have expected your organization to be doing online events, whereas now perhaps that is part of the future that that is to be expected because suddenly you're able to attend from wherever you are. You don't need to go to a city to attend as well. So those expectations and monitoring that um, understanding and expectations can be so important in the future. Now, I love the use of the word journey. I'm such a keen, uh, I'm so keen of, of that word because I think as when we're thinking about it in, in that sense, it makes the destination less important because it's about that journey, because I don't think we're ever going to be 100% digitally transformed. We all know this. So it's a case of uh, where you are on, on that path. Now, before we hit record today, uh, I know you told me a mind blowing statistic that you've uh, seen a huge increase in visits to your site since you reevaluated your customer journey map. 
Now, I would love for you to tell this story to our listeners because I think it's so, so key for understanding the customer, but then also the journey that they take uh, digitally with you as well. Yeah, so um, as you know, we're, we're a heavily regulated um, industry. Um, and when we transfer, we, we've moved um, our UK website, was the first site to move to our new content management system. And we also, for many, for best part of two years, we set out, did the whole, you know, digital roadmaps, we did the customer journey mapping, we did the personas, we did everything, um, you know, the traditional kind of mapping that you would do when you're, when you're kind of doing this exercise. Um, and with the new um, website, for example, we've put in, we've taken away a lot of the blockers. So when you arrived on, uh, on one of our websites, you would um, obviously have to, uh, you'd have to choose a profile. Um, so that could be uh, advisor, institutional investor, consultant, private investor. It's already starting to confuse people who may not be investors, but who are just wanting to come and understand mm -hmm. about, um, about your product range and so forth. Once you got through that hurdle, you then had to choose your accept, accept your cookies and so forth. So you've got two clicks already before you even um, have to get into our website. So we got rid of all of that and we put in open sites. Um, we then completely changed the structure of our content so that it was um, a lot easier to digest because our existing, our people who work in the industry already know a lot of this stuff. So they don't need all the detail. Um, yeah. as so we've kind of changed that completely. We've changed easy access. We have um, changed the content structure. We've also brought in um, ways where now people can subscribe with the integration into our marketing uh, automation tool, which could never happen before. And what we've seen is in the first two months, we've seen an increase of our visits by about 200%, um, so which, is, which has been great. So what, that has, that has, what has that led to? That has led to um, more people coming to our website, but then more people going to our fund center. Now the fund center is the key part of our um, website where you get information on the funds that we sell, how they're performing and so forth. These are all legal requirements and legal documentation that people can download. So key information documents, prospectuses and so forth. Yeah. So what we do is through this, we are now increasing the number of people who are going to our fund center, which is what we want. Um, so overall, uh, for the UK website, we've seen a massive increase. Um, we are also in, in, in numbers. Um, we're also seeing now people being able with people being able to subscribe. We've seen a big uplift there as well, which is a key, key KPI. And we expect to see those numbers um, increase for all the other markets as we do the rollout. So we're going to be launching um, our French website in early September. Germany in early September. So again, you know, we're giving opportunities um, for more people to see our content, to understand <laughs> what we're about, um, and more and more access to to our funds. So, so remind me, is, remind me, Brian, when when you set out to do this, was this inspired by the pandemic and the idea that things were going to become more virtual and digital? Or was this kind of hindsight was a blessing that you guys were already making movements towards this and it just so happened to play into the fact that more people were going to be accessing the, uh, the more virtual side of things? This was always on the cards. Um, I remember my first meeting when I joined uh, four years ago now, 
was in Paris week two since when I joined the company and I got the first saw the first draft of the whole mapping apps exercise customer journey exercise so we've been working on it uh, for quite a while um, and then with the personas and there's a lot of you know people who have done this work there's an awful lot of work before you actually get into the implementation and um, so we spent the time to do it properly um, we also then had to you know, deal with our current systems, which which was a challenge. We prioritized what we wanted to change first, which was the fund center. And now we're onto the stage where we're actually changing the websites and the entry into the fund center. So the actual process was was there. It was our intention to do it. Yeah. We'd started, the pandemic basically hit, but that accelerated um our uptake of other tools, right? So on the virtual uh, event space, and it also accelerated our need to get our new websites done as fast as possible, because it's not just about the experience, um, it's also about content. And with us all now at home, content is king. It's a key differentiator. Yeah. So um, for us, it was really, really important that we um, move as fast as possible. 100%, and I think, for many organizations who perhaps weren't as far on where you were in your journey, it's been something that they've had to really consider very quickly because, I mean, if we're thinking different industries, suddenly the high street shop, their website has become their, their window, right? Their shop window for, for everything they're doing. And although you may have a very good customer experience in store, suddenly the digital experience is nowhere near that in the sense of it being personalized, curated and simple. And, um, you know, I know several things you've said today, you, you've kind of said, oh, for others, this might seem quite simplistic, but actually, the, the the base and the foundation of what you've done has enabled this brilliant work to now to now take place and I think others are going to be working through this um, in in the same way or at least have had to because uh, you know due to COVID they've they've had no choice to no absolutely and I think post COVID when when we finally you know get back to some degree of normality our behaviours will not have changed all well you know they're going to have changed. Um, you know, I know for a fact that I'm not going to be going into the office five days a week. I'll be, you know, working from home two days a week, as will our customers. They will probably mm -hmm. all be going home. So that the importance of the digital channel, you know, is going to remain. And, you know, the use of what we're now calling hybrid events, where you will be able to have people in a hotel conference room or in some sort of conference room, while at the same time being able to view online and interact, you know, that is going to be the way forward. So, you know, being able to do that being a, and having that right experience, because at the end of the day, you can have, you can bring all this new technology in, but it has to be aligned to your brand values, has to be aligned to your brand experience uh, as well. And that is so key. And, um, you know, companies, I know, I know our competitors are doing exactly the same. You know, they're all trying to strive to meet now this customer need which moves faster, as I said earlier, than the actual ability to change. Yeah. So our behaviors are gonna change. We're not gonna be traveling as much. So how do we continue that interaction with our, with our clients um, in a digital space, whether that be through email or otherwise, when everyone else is actually all funneling into the same channel? Um, and that's gonna be key. So we're working now, one of my key um, objectives now for the next, five or six months is really honing down our, our contact strategy. Um, 
and uh, and our content strategy understanding you know what content's working what content content is not working mm -hmm. content we need to do and this you know going back to the kind of the, the premise of the podcast is all around the data is really understanding you know what content is are, are people engaging with so my team are currently working on working on that at the moment for example both through the email channel and through um web to give a holistic view of you know what people are really interested in and to see if if the palette for certain content is changing mm -hmm. um, need to do more of and less of this and that's always a difficult story sometimes when you have to go back to the business and say you know people aren't really interested in content x y and z anymore and um, they're more in, interested in abc and on that i want to ask you a question here exactly on that point you've got executives within your organization who have probably been there for a number of years have a lot of experience we're in a turbulent time this data is going to be more invaluable now than ever because it's going to give you that update and insights have you felt any pushback or have you seen any pushback in the wider market where you've got that experience versus the data perhaps telling you something different you know in the context you just said there could be a piece of content which traditionally should have done quite well it should be of interest but perhaps the market has shifted slightly so it's not not as of interest anymore have you seen that kind of gut instinct versus the data issue um i did at the beginning to be fair when i joined um you know it, it was always difficult i think however we've been on a a, a transformational data journey as well mm -hmm. and i think you know people are now crying out for more understanding through data uh, and that is probably the biggest uh change i've seen in the organization um since i joined i think people are now we're, we're dealing in concepts now which you know, I'd be, which I was talking about two or three years ago, but we're getting very little traction to now, I want it now. I want yeah. this and I want it now. So, um, you know, the other big challenge I've got for which for many industries might seem fairly, fairly straightforward is return on marketing and investment. So, you know, my boss is um, now being challenged by a board to say, right, you've got X amount of budget, what's the return for the company? Which in our industry is extremely difficult. But yeah. um, because we have a very long lead time, um, I've got people coming up to me saying, right, how well is this content doing or how well is this performing? And um, so there is real, real traction in the business now. And I think in the industry in general, for more data led um, activities, more data led um, to enable be better business decisions effectively. Right. Because, I, you know, this is where the future is. 100%. So going back to that just outstanding figure of 200%, the, the increase uh, on your website due to the changes you've made, the story we've told here today, what are the nuggets of wisdom that you can give to the listeners for why this is so successful? I'm sure you, you've looked at the situation, you've analysed it to go, right, what was so great about what we've done? What would be kind of, say, two or three key things that you can pick out and say, this is why it was successful? Wow, what a question. Um, so I, I think the first one is we used a, an external design agency, um, UX design agency to help us. And we firmly believed in their approach. So that was the first thing, right? We worked really, really collaboratively with, with our agency. And they were more than just an agency, they were basically a strategic partner. Mm. 
first one. Um, then it's getting buy-in for it, um, which was key from all the stakeholders. And there are many, many different stakeholders. Um, all the different platforms, all the investment platforms, um, all the different markets uh, and so forth. So that those are the first two big ones. The next one is dealing with um, the other stakeholders. So technology obviously is a key, a key area, ensuring that the requirement, you know, make sure that the requirements that you have for something like this are clear and understood. Mm -hmm. And then don't be afraid to ask for things that you, um, you know, your wish list. Um, don't be afraid to ask because you might get them. But then more importantly for me is the interconnection of all the different systems feeding into one data platform. That is key. Do not do things in silos. If you've got a, a marketing automation tool, make sure it's integrated into your, into your CMS. If you've got this tool, make sure it's integratable into your website. Make sure that you have, make, you know, if you're doing social, make sure that, you know, you're able to get that data. Yeah. Actually patch it all together, right? It's absolutely key. There's nothing worse for me, you know, responsible for analytics, having to go to my team, asking them to do something. And they say, we can't match any of the data. We've got data here, we've got data there. Um, Mary and on the third floor has another data set. John on the second floor has another data set. And, you know, it's really, it, it just makes a, a rod for your own back. So, um, you know, map it out, think it through, you know, and then go for it. Well, Brian, it may have been a hard question, but it's certainly worth asking. It's great, uh, great takeaways there from, from that experience. So looking forward, what's in the future uh, for you? What's next in the journey? So as I mentioned, it's going to be around metrics. Um, a lot of the metrics and the KPIs that we've set up um, is, is probably between now and the end. Notwithstanding the rollout across the next 15 markets of, uh, of our new CMS um, and the delivery of a new fund center. But just from a data perspective, it, it's, it's actually now reporting and delivering the insight that we're now starting to pick up through all the different channels um, is one. Content, you know, is a rep and the development of contact strategy is going to be next. So what we're doing is we're kind of building the foundations, doing the simple things, and then starting to, to build up, you know, mm -hmm or sophisticated um, things. I think, um, you know, my, my last role, I had a, a, a much larger team um, of modelers and so forth. What I would love to get to is, uh, you know, to be able to get my team who are modelers as well, um, to actually start using that skill set, to bring that new concept of modeling into, into the business. Um, but again, it comes down to maturity. I don't want to go start doing, you know, predictive modeling and all this type of stuff and people not understanding what 100 percent, and i think that's such a self-awareness thing to say right is knowing where you are in your journey and not jumping the gun and trying to do things ahead of where you are but also uh you know having that wider business understanding of what's needed right now but also what is then in the future and what you can do and obviously pointing the the direction uh pointing yourself in that direction but as you say not not jumping the gun to to do things that you know just wouldn't be understood at the moment so Brian, my last question, I always like to, to end on this one. What are the two, say, two key takeaways you'd love our listeners to bring with them back to the office after listening to this podcast today? Get your foundations right, I think, uh, is one. I think 
the biggest challenge I had was, um, all right, well, I've, it's a two-edged sword, right? So um, my enthusiasm to get everything done has now meant that um, I'm getting the basics right, but the requests are coming in for more advanced stuff. So people are saying, I want this now. <laughs> um, you just got to persevere and educate, but more importantly, engage, engage with people and show what data can deliver to you. It's not just numbers on a page. It actually delivers great insight around the customer understanding. And I think this, this is key. Um, it's the customer behavioral side of things is probably less understood than the finance side of things, i.e. inflows, outflows, profit, you know, et cetera. The, cust data, the customer behavioral data is just so important in a B now in a B2B environment. In a B2C, it's key. In a B2B environment, it's becoming more and more important. Mm -hmm. Something that, um, uh, that would be the key takeaway. Um, educate, educate your stakeholders. Show them what can be done um, and be extremely resilient um, because once you give them something, they'll want <laughs> <more and> more. <laughs> Amazing. Brad, well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It was great to catch up. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. We hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. Do be sure to subscribe and follow the Business of Data podcast wherever you're currently listening to ensure you're always first in line to the latest episode. We'd also appreciate your review as well. So if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving us a review. And as always, find us on socials as well as heading over to the Business of Data platform for more forms of great content, including articles, blogs and video. Until next time, stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you real soon.